those viewership numbers are still better than almost right. anything else that's on television. Such problems that they, they would want to have. That's exactly Everybody right. Everybody wants to have those problems. Major League Baseball would kill to have some of these yeah. problems. Welcome to another edition of The Cusp Show, the Columbia University Sports Podcast, the Super Bowl Radio Row Arizona editions. Editions, not edition. Uh, I'm Joe Favorito. Scott with Rosner. Scott Rosner. Hello, Scott. Joe, how are you? I'm good. Welcome to Arizona. Great to be here. Thrilled to be here. Haven't been here in a really long time. And looking forward to really fun, interesting week. Doing a lot of really fun stuff and talking to interesting people and that's kind of our goal I, I think you know as you look at this in the middle of February 2023 uh, and all the things that have happened just in the last couple of weeks whether it's streaming deals um, some of the other deals with fanatics being involved now um, the business especially around football has really kind of built a crescendo for the NFL uh, we're gonna try and introduce people to a lot of different things that are going on yeah and the ecosystem around the National Football League continues to grow expand and as the business starts heading towards a 20 billion dollar mark it is one that as you would imagine brings in a lot of things that really even three four years ago were not part of that ecosystem and and the streaming deals and the monumental year deal over deal growth uh, for the league is really one that is a pace setter for not just football and the revenue and teams but for the rest of the sports industry yeah i mean speaking of streaming we're sitting here with the other football about to go to apple tv uh, mls just launched their deal as well uh, i would imagine we're going to see some other deals in that ecosystem but obviously the nfl started it with amazon uh, and that's going to continue to grow, and, and those things will be a big part of where we're going to be going in the future. There's no doubt about it. It's really just a question of when. And you know, Joe, I, you know, we talk about this all the time. And certainly, uh, as I'm sitting in for the usual co-host Tom Richardson and, and trying to fill his pretty uh, pretty considerable size shoes, Bob Lanier size. Bob Lanier shoes, size shoes. Right. Uh, we know that in many ways, the reason that we're here, the National Football League and the Super Bowl, the NFL in itself, is really the single property that one could argue is holding up the current media ecosystem writ large. Mm -hmm. and, and it's funny, we're sitting here at Radio Row, 110 tables, I think. Some of them split up. Uh, probably 120 outlets. And then as you look around the room, you see things that if someone would have come here 10 years ago and said, oh, there's three gambling setups on the outside. Uh, with um, We're looking right at a FanDuel one. There's a DraftKings setup. And then you've got all the other streaming platforms that used to be known as, quote, radio. Mm -hmm. um, and just to the left of us where we're sitting right now, there's a TikTok setup. And there's a sleep number setup, which I don't know what that is exactly, but it's kind of interesting. Yeah, so, it's promotional sponsorship stuff. Um, and, you know, it really is one of those things that, think about this, show. like the, the last time we were here, TikTok really wasn't a thing. So this is our first time back in on Radio Row and, and in this environment since 2020, since Miami in, in 2020. And the think about the fact that Literally, look to our left. DraftKings. Mike Golick is sitting there doing something with Smetty on uh, DraftKings. Right. On the massive, massive DraftKings setup. 
So it really has changed, and it's one of the things that you know makes our jobs and what we do and talk and think about really interesting. I, I think that the opportunities, especially for the young people that are coming into this, I mean, beyond what we could have ever thought of. As a matter of fact, DAZN uh, announced the deal. We're here on the, the Tuesday before the Super Bowl. DAZN just came up with another deal for rights that no one thought was ever going to happen. No, you know, and it's funny, the NFL Game Pass rights have now gone to DAZN, so they'll, they will manage those uh, throughout the world. And it's actually a project that I worked on about 10 years ago for the NFL. I thought you were going to say with DAZN, which didn't exist 10 no, years ago. No, no. Scott the N- Rosner, futurist. For, for the NFL in, in thinking about, um, you know, the, uh, you know the, the landscape of what it, would, what it looks like now. Couldn't imagine it. Could not have imagined it 10 years ago. So, you know, it's funny. One of the things that has always been interesting, and this is actually the 10th kind of full year that I spent on Radio Row, are the entourages. And for some reason... Ten years ago, Charlie Batch had the largest entourage because as we were sitting here, the Kelsey family just walked through with their split Kansas City, uh, Philadelphia Eagle jackets. So uh, when you talk about people who had no idea that they thought that this could actually be possible probably a year ago, those, those are the type of things that have happened in really an unpredictable year in sports. But you know, some of the things that hopefully we're going to be able to expose people through this week are learning about not where we are, but really kind of where we're going to be going with, with some of the people who are making those decisions. Yeah, and so it really is, as we started the conversation with one of those things, it's just, it's it's fun, it's exciting, not necessarily because of the environment that we're in, although we both will admit we're not too cool to admit this is pretty cool, um, mm-hmm. but it's really the, the people who are around it that just make it so interesting. Yep. Um, so what are you looking for this week? Other than maybe wandering out to the Waste Management Open or, uh, you know, catching up with Ken Shropshire, who has a house out here, our colleague Ken Shropshire. Uh, Things that you would like to look for as people look towards the weekend. What are some of the things you'd like to point out? Well, so first of all, I'm really excited. This is the the first year that we've been back in three years, but it feels normal. Mm -hmm. It does. No masks. I don't see anybody. The the flight felt normal. Um, you know the the environment feels normal. It feels like we're you know in twenty we're partying up like it's twenty nineteen, right? Um, kind of moment. But so looking forward to seeing a lot of people I quite frankly haven't seen in, mm-hmm. in a number of years. And people who are walking by us. Just saw John Rand walking. Yeah. Um, so members of the media and, and everything else, but uh, who I haven't seen in a while. But really, just looking forward to um, hearing what these really intelligent people who are around us um, have to say about about where they think the you know the industry is headed and uh, you know where you know what it might be who might be shaping the industry going forward not just the individuals but the entities Um, talk a little bit about your opinion about the NFL as a media property right now Um, things that surprised you maybe in the last year um, things that really kind of caught your eye, not on a negative side at all, but uh, things that have grown, even kind of like where they've grown from the health and safety protocol and, and the, the mental health uh, initiatives that they've started. Th- things that kind of jump out for you if you had to pick a couple. Yeah, certainly the continued leadership position from a pure media perspective that the league mm. continues to have. The fact that Really, as I mentioned previously, the entire media ecosystem is being held up by the National Football League. Mm-hmm. 
So that's that's the first thing. And when you then take it from there, other things that I've really thought have been interesting about the league, uh, the growth in international and mm-hmm. the, and how they've renewed the emphasis on, not even renewed the emphasis, quite honestly, it's really just put the emphasis and the focus on the teams, mm-hmm. which they always were reticent to do in helping market the sport internationally. So now the teams have the ability through their international home market program to really set up shop and monetize the rest of the world mm-hmm. through a through an it kind of almost like a patent process that they went through, uh, NFL version of what a patent process would look like. So I think that's been really interesting. Mm-hmm. I think that the continued focus on health and safety is just part of what the league has to be now, right? I mean, it's you know we know the sport is inherently dangerous, right? We we've seen it, but to see the continued focus on it has been heartening. You know, I, I think that the concussions were up this year, right? Um, you know, in the regular season, although preseason concussions were down, uh, in many ways part of the, the new helmets yep. um, that they were, more protective helmets and headgear that they were wearing. So we'll continue to see it evolve on that front. Um, you know, I, I thought that the leagues, and in particular the one, the DeMar Hamlin incident, yep. um, showed how important it is to have your medical personnel, your event personnel, you prepare for the worst situation, but you never know how you're going to react when that situation happens. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's been said, you know, many, many times already, and it'll be said many times going forward, but the, the rehearsed nature of it uh, of their reaction, save that young man's life. Yep, for sure. Right? For sure. So, you know, I think that is uh, something that's been overlooked, uh, you know, at least in the larger conversation around health and safety. They had a plan and they executed it to perfection, yep. right, in that case. Other things, um, certainly th- that uh, I've focused on, uh, because our program is focused on it, a, a few different initiatives that we've uh, really kind of been a part of. Uh, one, uh, the growth of NFL flag. And, that was my next question. And the, yep. and the push around, we can talk more about that, yeah. the push around NFL flag, I think has been very interesting, and I think that's in many ways the future of the sport. Speaking of health and safety and how you evolve as a sport, it's not how it's going to be played at the highest level, uh, but it's how increasingly um, young people's exposure to the sport is going to come through that. And, and I think it's also, you know, let's not be naive about it, uh, a way to grow the fan base because it's really an area in which we see the you know the female focus um, increase as well, right? More women participating, more girls participating in flag football. We have high school sports associations um, who are uh, involved in it. So yeah, so so flag um, the Pro Bowl. Yep. You know, I, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on the Pro Bowl. Uh, from you know this past weekend in, in Vegas and the Pro Bowl games and the evolution of the sport there. That was a project that uh, we had a, a, a part in uh, shaping at Columbia uh, and doing the work around that, the research and some of the idea generation around it. Um, and you know the continued focus on social justice. I, you know I, I think that you know it's you, you only hear the league is only hearing about that in, in moments where. Um, 
people are only focused on it in moments where the league almost needs it to be focused on and not really focusing on all the other amazing work that is being done on a year-round basis. And so, you know, you know, at Columbia, we, you know, we do the, the research around that on an ongoing basis every year, led by uh, our phenomenal colleague, Len Elmore. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a, a big piece of it, too. But the work is never done, right? I mean, you know, going through hiring cycles, um, you know, with head coaches and general managers and, um, you know, what is, uh, you know, the continued focus by groups like the Fritz Pollard Alliance uh, on improving diversity in the head coaching and uh, ranks and, and not just head coaching, but at all levels of football, mm-hmm. right? On the business side, uh, on the personnel side, um, general managers, uh, so on and so forth, assistant GMs, and then continuing to grow the pipeline, right? With, you know, the offensive coordinators, um, defensive coordinators, so on and so forth. Cool. Uh, you know, the, the two things that jumped out, uh, one was the Pro Bowl kind of, hasn't been a, a contact event and it was just kind of a non-event and, and now they've made it into something that is a, a social event where they can bring in other pieces of it and showcase parts of the game that and the skills part of the game which is what everybody wants anyway yeah. so so what was the point of you know having guys run around on the field and and really kind of make they made an, a non-event into an event yeah and, and it'll and, continue to evolve yeah, too right yeah. i mean that, that i think that's the a lot of people have, have including colleagues of ours have uh have jumped all over the Pro Bowl games uh, early on, say, hey, this is, you know, come on, I'd rather see a football game. Well, no, you wouldn't, right? Um, The crazy thing is that the viewership for the game, which is something we always think about, is just, you know, dashboard metric, uh, was the lowest it's been in 17 years, but not the lowest of all time, right? Uh, Which is what a lot of people thought it might go to. And it's still, if you look at the viewership numbers, and and we'll dissect that uh, during the week a little bit more, those, I'm sure, but those viewership numbers are still better than almost right. anything else that's on television. Such problems that they, they would want to have. That's exactly know. right. Everybody wants to have those problems. Major League so. Baseball would kill to have some of these yeah. problems, yeah. right? As would a pickleball number of other properties. I mean, you know, yeah. I can't yeah. wait for the numbers on pickleball. That's right. So. Um, right. You know, the other thing which I think was interesting when you talk about flag, um, it is Tuesday before the Super Bowl and on Monday the California State High School Commission uh, Athletic Association decided to make girls flag football a competitive sport yep. and given what's going on in Los Angeles, California in 2028, I think that's kind of interesting because you know there's all the rumblings about if, if flag could potentially be an Olympic sport somewhere down the road, uh, why not try it out in, in, in California as a competitive sport and see where it goes and by the way that's going to help all kind of inner cities as well because it's low cost. Well so. I, I, I think it, it helps everywhere right, yep. I mean, it, could, it just lowers the barriers to entry but, I mean, Joe, you know what the next step is, right? So it's building up the pipeline, you know, and, and so it starts, you think, bottom of the pyramid with kids, mm-hmm. more kids playing. But it doesn't necessarily work that way. Um, I think the next step in all of this, and is if we're sitting here at Super Bowl 67, right, women's football is going to be an NCAA sport. Yeah, yeah. Right. There you go. And, there, and there's that, our bold prediction and, of the and, week to and, start. And that'll feed... Mm-hmm. 
the pipeline of kids playing high school because now there's more money infused in the system and more college opportunities, right? We see this with every sport that the NCAA takes, and there's a pathway where they go from an emerging sport, whatever the NCAA looks right. like, by the way. Right. I don't want to take us off track here, but you know, this presupposes, of course, my statement that the NCAA exists as we know it right. in, in, in 10 Whatever years, that will right? be. Whatever that will be. Um, but it, it helps feed the system, right? It, it, the, the availability of the sport at the collegiate level feeds demand at the lower levels and creates demand at the lower levels. No doubt about it. Cool. So we are here, uh, the calm before the Radio Row storm on Tuesday, uh, just to kind of give everybody a little bit of a flavor. It was a little bit quiet outside when we were coming in, <laughs> but um, obviously the, um, the NFL experience doesn't open until Thursday, but you could kind of feel a little bit more palpable excitement as you kind of walked into the room and you look around and, like you said, see people you haven't seen in years, but also the steady flow of guests will be starting at some point on Wednesday and uh, build to a crescendo sometime on Friday when, you know, you'll have God knows who wandering around. But even they went back to one, one other thing before we, we kind of end. They went back to the kind of crazy media day uh, and it did not stop from other years, you know, with the, the questions with, you know, Jordan Melita talking about, you know, how he was lifting cement bags before he played for the Eagles and, uh, you know, kind of all the miscellaneous uh, crazies that show yeah, up. Yeah, Australian the rugby star, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. who's they? You know, the, the the quintessential diamond in the rough, and uh, Jeff Stoutland, and the Eagles' vaunted offensive line coach, you know, discovers this guy, and um, you know, sees the the quintessential, uh, you know, fresh piece of clay that can be molded mm-hmm. with all the athletic skill in the world. Um, and you know this enormous man who he looks like a building with feet, <laughs> right? Um, right? And uh, you know, and he turns him into uh, you know a and helps turn him into with a lot of hard work from the, the athletes part uh, into a superstar uh, left tackle. Yep. So uh, the week will end with a little bit of the actual taste of the NFL. But our goal here on the Cusp Show to kind of get us started was to give you a little bit of a business taste of the NFL. Uh, and what we're going to be doing this week, uh, dropping in from time to time with um, guests far and wide over the next four days, but it should be a lot of fun and just great to be back here again. Absolutely, Joe. Looking forward to the week. We're going to get our colleague, hopefully, LJ Holmgren on uh, for a few of these as well. Uh, And uh, we'll even see if uh, Danny Hagenlocker will uh, will take over for a little bit as well. So uh, all hands on deck. Looking forward to a great week from the Phoenix Convention Center. Yep. Once again, this has been the Cusp Show. Super Bowl Radio Row Edition number one. I'm Joe Favorito, along with Scott Rosner, and we will see you in a couple days. today during the Jeep celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, 
TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 